on last week's Irrevelations. Um, I have given the land into their hands. So basically now Judah is the boss, which is good for him. Yeah, good for Judah. Oh, we got to do some fucking mass murder. Who do we know who's good for that? Simeon. Basically, God keeps giving them a judge. And every time that the judge dies, they fall right back into their evil ways. And so he's pissed. My thumbs and my toes, the irony, and then he died. They're like, hey, we should kill everyone. And they're like, what if we just sold them to slavery? And they're like, f*** you, traitor. Well, fat people love secrets. Yeah, fat so. people love secrets. All I'm saying is that God might be worse than Hitler. That's all I'm saying. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. What's the worst thing you've ever called your boss? What's the worst thing I've ever called my boss? Or done to them. It doesn't have to be verbal. Um, why would I admit to anything? <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking well, nice, not nice a, try. You know, um, I, I mean, boss. you know that you know that there was a time where I was a, um, you know, I was in charge of a division for yeah. one of my companies, and oddly enough, it was a company where I just fucking hated the boss, and yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that I ever did anything directly, like to his face, never did anything, uh, but I remember I was in a break room once, and uh, I was talking with one of the other uh, head honchos. And we were just shitting on the owner. I mean, we were just like, this guy's a fucking dub, you know? And, like, his kid worked with us. And I was like, congratulations, retard. You're fucking as bad a dad as you are a boss, you know? And we were just fucking... <laughs> and the kid walked in. Oh, no. And, I mean, I was high enough on the food chair. I was like, yeah, you heard it right. Anyway, we ended up having to fire that guy because fucking uh, the kid. We ended up, like, he's, he ended up throwing, like, a hissy fit. And, the and, son. Yeah, the son. But he was so a, he was a drug son piece of shit on anyway, you. so... Yeah, it was a great day talking shit about his dad and your boss, and the son got fired for it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was some it was some biblical justice on my end. That's That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's beyond that. I'm always pretty cool with my bosses. Where you? What's your? I used to. uh, So I've never gone so far as to call a boss cracker. Obviously, right? Uh, (laughs) I'm not not Antonio Brown, but. Uh I did. I, what I would do is I had two bosses, basically. My, bo- my boss sat across from me on another desk. And then his boss, who was obviously by extension my boss, she right. sat like in a cubicle about 15 feet away from us. Right. And they hated each other. Cool. And my God, if I didn't do everything I could just to encourage that. Because <laughs> let me tell you, when you're the underling, right. there's a weird dynamic where they, I think, want, they both want you to like them more. And so they would both talk shit about the other one, which is really unhealthy. It's obviously. like it was two hor- divorcee parents trying to turn yeah. the kid against the other one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. Um, um, and so I would just sort of like play them off and be like, well, 
they told me to do this or that one told me to do this and uh, you know that kind of makes more sense you know just a little little jab just little ego busters in there sure and then we ended up getting a third boss on top of the other boss and it was the same thing it didn't get any better it got 10 times worse and uh it was hilarious that sounds like a very healthy uh workplace relationship unbelievably so actually <laughs> for me yeah. Well, I worked locally, and then we had a bunch of people that worked remote who would report back to us, and they were always getting just fucking flamethrowered, right? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it was easy to like th- for to be angry and throw shit at someone you can't see, and then they'd right. see me sitting there with puppy dog eyes, and they're like, "It's not your fault. It's not." Your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You get to be like good cop, bad cop there. That's yeah, except fantastic. I was also like the good son. You never. Like I was- <laughs> I, uh, the part of the sparked by talking about Antonio Brown. Uh, so he just called his boss a cracker. Uh, he called the, I think the owner or the manager of the team. Uh, whatever, a I think boss, the, your boss, the general manager, boss. a high up boss. Yeah, but really, I mean, who's the boss there? He's making more money than anyone. You know, uh, I don't think he can make more money than the owners. Well, the owners probably lose money mostly. <laughs> like, I feel like owning a sports team is like a hobby for them. Uh, it's I'm like not, having a thoroughbred horse. I'm not quite sure how it works. Thoroughbred horses, they make money on stud fees. I mean, we're not. It's not like the basics here. Yeah. Um, I guess. But I, I, feel know, like I, it, I, I feel like it's not. You're not really making a lot of money. It's not like, an investment. I feel like I, well, everyone's blown up about it. Like, like, oh, we called him a cracker and racism is never okay. And let's do to him what we did to. Uh, who was that? Uh, the owner of the Clippers? Oh, uh, Don Imus? No. Not Don Imus. The one that was racist, though. Don Imus is... is he, he reminds me of He was also racist, Imus. but... Uh, um, I know uh, you're talking about. The guy whose, like, girlfriend recorded him. His, like, 20-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not... I mean, whatever. Still. I, 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 he's still a winner in my book, despite his abhorrent personal views. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in spite of it. Uh, Clippers. Doc Rivers. No, Donald Steve. Sterling. Donald Sterling. That's the fucker. Yeah, like... Donald um, Sterling. I knew they were trying to Don. say that, like, oh, well, he called him Cracker, and Donald Sterling said, I don't like you hanging out with black people. Like, it's the same. It's the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never, I never go to it's a racist It's definitely not. Cracker is funny, dude. Come on. I'm not saying I was raised properly, but I never go to a racist place when, it, when in an argument. I just never. It's better not to. Obviously, I'm not endorsing calling people, especially your boss, a Cracker. Right. But it's funny. It's never not made me, like, crack a smile, which is what I think it comes from. Uh, yeah, I've never... Isn't that where the word comes from? For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely funny. I just, uh, it's just not, you know, there's just so many other mean things you can say. Like, I would definitely be like, I would, I would definitely bring up someone's, like, divorce well before I would go to, I feel like racism's just really, you know, yeah. Oh, sure, I see what you're saying. Like, I'm like, Bring up something that they did wrong. Yeah, yeah, well, just, I just want to hurt more. I feel like racism is so... It's become so commonplace that it's not even a good insult. Like, it's just lazy. Like, you're a cracker. Like, okay. Like, is that the best you got? Like, you going to make fun of me because of my skin color? I don't know. I'd be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I heard your wife is cheating on you with a cop. He's got four fucking gastric bypasses. Still fucks better than you. And you're like, damn, that's... for the audience, real quick, uh, that actually happened. That's an oddly from a... specific, real-time fucking insult <laughs> you, that I threw at somebody once. You actually made that joke. You know, <laughs> you know, and that wasn't even provoked. I just felt like it. But, uh, you know, like, I, I, think, I, think, I think there's a lot more hurtful things people could say than race. I just think it's a boring one. Yeah, so that's, no, that's why absolutely. I don't respect it. I just think it's a lazy, you know, like... Uh, what if it's really uh, obscure, though? Like, what if you happen to know that someone had Roma blood, and so you always called him a Jippo? <laughs> 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 
again, funny, everyone's like, what? Yeah, everyone's like, that's like a 19th century insult. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you bohemian wood teeth fuck. And they're like, I don't know. It's like, that's still really racist, but it was racism with effort. Yeah. Like, like the, I, you did their 20, like, if you paid for their 23 and me so that you could find <laughs> racists to make fun of, like, in their history. Heard your 117th mongoloid. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, aren't we all? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Uh, so, so that's man. cool racism if yeah, you do research so that, that's 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 my personal stance if anyone wants to quote me on that i think i think that antonio brown claudio mccracker is funny i don't think it's particularly good though. well he obviously he just seems like a piece of shit he seems like a yeah. spoiled brat so that kind of takes all the fun out of it these professional athlete millionaires gosh yeah i think they're funny i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on the paper like that oh yeah yeah i don't think we should get in any kind of real trouble uh, he should just—he's gonna go play. He's gonna go play football somewhere else, and it's gonna be some. It's gonna be funny. I put it some drama. My, uh, I, I put in a trade request for him on our league, but uh, there you go. Beyond what you offer up. Let's uh, not get too inside football, but <laughs> I saw something on a. Uh, now forget it. Uh, let's let's see. I, I I saw something on about how they're adding uh, hijabs to Sims Four. I, I don't know. I, I just thought. <laughs> I don't know Honestly, why. There's nothing funny about that. I just thought that like it's on, I'm on our drama, of course. And I'm shocked <laughs> that it took this long. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I, I it, it, in the same boat of like the people who got angry about it, but the people like freaking out about it, like oh it's offensive or whatever, you know, like um like this what? is just uh this is just SJWs ruining a, a game about uh, trying to selectively kill and mate people. Like I don't really get the wait. People are actually upset that the hijabs are getting added to that game. Um, uh. I guess I don't know. People are always angry about everything. I saw like, it was like the people that got angry about uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven having um trans people, trans or people or whatever. Yeah. Like any of that fucking matters. <laughs> I saw like, a good take on Twitter that was like, "Yes, Cyberpunk twenty whatever seventy seven is going to have trans people, but every character is going to be a Christian." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Uh, I mean, it's just like, like oh, yeah, they're, so I can't... Like, people are trying to make it sound like you couldn't play... Like, so what if I'm just a straight woman? What do I play as? I play as a straight woman. Like, the fuck is... Ugh. Like, no one's taking it from you. Same old argument. Jesus. Like Some people. Oh, my God. Fucking snowflakes. We are, we are, we are on the wire getting this fucking app out. I don't know how we're going to make it happen. So oh, we're gonna. It's gonna happen. Uh, this is our... We're gonna... This is our least talk? quality episode. <laughs> Hell yeah, this is going to be trash, dude. Hey, but you know what it is? Yeah. Episode fucking 50. We deserve a break. Shit. We, should put out, we haven't put out trash content for 50 episodes. Yeah, we're allowed to have one now. Yeah. We've earned it. it. No better episode to do it either. Judges. Yeah, fuck judges. Fuck judges. I'm actually liking judges. Fuck judges. Um, so if you hadn't already noticed, if you somehow accidentally started this on your podcast, or if you're hearing this in a friend's car that you probably don't like anymore, this is the Revelations podcast, episode 50. I'm Grant DeVoist. I'm Kowalewski. And as my co-host mentioned, we're starting off our second episode in Judges, uh, chapter four to be specific, we're picking up on. And so you're saying you like it so far? What's what's your? Give me I your don't know. So it's far. kind of an interesting. I'm I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, I think with the past we had Ehud and stuff. These mini Moseses. I don't know. It's fun. I guess. I'm kind of. I'm assuming it's coming up, but is there a part of the Bible that 
involves people drinking with their hands or drinking directly from a river and then God kind of using that to choose who goes into Canaan? Mm. Does that happen or did I imagine it? It sounds vaguely familiar to me, so I'm going to say maybe. Because I, 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 it was one of those things I was thinking about where it was some idea of like God decided who got to go into Canaan. Oh, no, I think that was with Jesus that he said, hey, stand by this well. And the first person that drinks with their hand, like, because they don't have a bucket. It's just sometimes I take a step back, and I could have sworn there were all these stories about the conquest of Canaan. It was such a hard fucking thing, but ultimately, we kind of, the book of Joshua is kind of done, and now we're just doing, like, a bunch of random shit. Like, I, I don't know. I just oh, never, no, you're right. Judges is just kind of fucking weird to me. That it's just no, you're right. This. There's a, uh, it's going to be coming up soon. Okay. All right. I didn't. I I, I knew some story like that. Just it, 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 in the swelling of other bullshit stories about the Bible that are all mixed up in my brain that have no real context. You know. Yeah. Well, you just spoiled us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could cut it out, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's no, like uh, I don't know. It's just there's just a. I, I did you did did the story of Judges ever make sense to you? Did did any of this chronological actual like the Bible is an actual history of the Jewish people? Did that ever like come across to you? No. So Judges to me is full of stories that I know that I couldn't have told you were in Judges. So I know all about Gideon, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that he was in Judges. I know about Deborah. Didn't couldn't have told you she was in Judges. I know about Samson. There's all these characters that we're going to encounter um, in the next couple weeks mm-hmm. that I already have pretty good knowledge about. Just not that this is where they were. So it's kind of cool now getting to see that they're all under this umbrella and getting an idea of what judges meant. Like that, it's, you know, it doesn't mean judges, it means chiefs, right? Yeah. Like they're talking about just little local rulers or whatever. Um, so it's cool. It's, this has been a learning experience. I'm kind of liking it, I'll admit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Uh, not particularly, uh, I, I don't really understand what it means in the greater theme of like God's glory or I'm not quite sure how you would even spin any of this except for sort of the repeat of the story we've always heard of um, and it really comes back down to like a mini Moses is that we keep hearing stories where God is sort of like (sighs) pushing his children into danger deliberately putting them in a situation where they require assistance and then providing assistance and then acting like he's a fucking hero for it Sure. Um, and in with regard to that, as far as what, you know, what's the point of having all this? How does this add to like God's benevolence or whatever? Um, there is a little bit that Google had to say about that, but I'll, I'll save it for the end of the, uh, end of the episode okay. where we get into Gideon. Cause yeah, cause you'll, you'll have more of an expertise for me just yeah. from the outside perspective. I just keep reading. I'm like, all right, it's like, it, it, it'd be like if I was a dad and I just throw my kid into the middle of the pool and I know he can't swim. And then just yeah. every time I'm like, all right, well, let me throw you this noodle. And he grabs on the noodle. I'm like, you're welcome. He's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just throw him right back in the middle of the fucking pool. <laughs> Got and him. Like, yeah, man. Where would you be without me? I like, I think I, I don't know, probably outside away from this pool. You keep probably bringing fine. Me, you keep bringing me to the pool and then throwing me into it. I feel like, I feel like I could go anywhere else and not have this situation happening to me. But okay. Yeah. Thanks, John Wayne. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. Judges 4? Were you saying thanks, right. Peter? Was that what you are trying to do? No, I said thanks, John Wayne. Oh. Because there's that, like, that scene where one gift that eight people have seen? Yeah, it's not a gift. It's a movie, asshole. Wow. <laughs> fucking millennials. <laughs> like, wow, well, have you seen that gif of uh, Jason Bateman saying he's not sure what he expected? Oh, you mean the scene in Arrested Development? 
you fucking uncultured swine. All right, so uh, Judges <laughs> 4. Yeah, hide from your shame. Look at Deborah. Let's get into some. I think this is going to be an episode where we get into some real fucking Bible. Nah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is, as uh, Cole just said, this is the story of Deborah we're starting off with in Chapter 4. Um, as you might expect, the book opens up with a famous line, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> this is a this is a theme, I think. You know how your English teacher always tells you to look for themes? It's again the evil Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, That's it's it. kind of interesting, but it, I, it 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 puts it in the context of when Ehud was dead, the children of yeah. Israel again did evil. I mean, I know you just said it, but my point is, is that it's it's like almost like a direct result that Ehud was dead, the cats away. Everyone's like, oh shit, Ehud's gone, the guy that likes to fucking stab people in the stomach, time to fucking do some evil. Hell yeah. And But also, it's weird because in the previous verse it said after Ehud came Shamgar, but then there's no mention of Shamgar, right? Right. I mean, we, we've weird. seen instances where, like, uh, books will overlap or recount, um, yeah. you know, like, sort of repeat things and then mess up details, but it's weird that, like, the next chapter would, like, just completely skip over Shamgar. Yeah, whatever. Poor Shamgar. But, anyway, uh, so... Uh, just to recap, when Ehud was dead, the children did evil. What do we? What's the definition of evil? Is that just worshiping other gods? No, fucking their sisters? nation. Uh, 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 fucking Canaanites. Is that what you mean? Marrying other races, mixing of the races. Yeah, whoring themselves out. So uh, that's why if you go to Mississippi, it's still illegal. Hmm. They're Christian. They're the best Christians <laughs> the best in America. Christians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. And whose commander was this guy named Sisera, who dwelt in Hashrath Hagam. Yeah. Uh, dude, Sisera is a, actually a really cool villain name. That you it is a fucking so. great villain name. Um, I feel like I feel like we can just blow through this story. I mean, there, there's interesting to it, but we, let's not... Uh, uh, was there anything really important yeah. that Google mentions about it? About this Deborah story? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, actually not from Google, but I just want to do a little bit of a preamble before we get into Deborah. Okay. All right, so we're about to talk about Deborah, who is a prophet. Now, yes. the Bible has had all kinds of things happen to it that I was fine with, right? Uh, rape and pillage of villages, right? Burning innocent people alive. Killing, bil- killing billions of animals just to overstuff yourself like a fucking stooge mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. lots of things that the, normally the public would find disgusting and not worth like using as a book of worship sure. and i was fine with all that right but now they're gonna make a woman a prophet it is kind of an oddly uh my bible isn't quite sure how to land on this uh I, like my concordance is it seems like it's trying to decide whether or not to go for like pure misogyny, like oh yeah, like I mean yeah, it was a woman, but it's just a woman, you know, or like yeah. trying. So it's like it's like kind of a backhand compliment. Like you see, God could even raise up a woman sometimes <laughs> if the situations were ripe for it, you know. <laughs> like and somehow, even though she had to do her makeup and was super late, she <laughs> still was a prophet. Even though her menstrual cycle was attracting bears, she still <laughs> managed to find a way to. Better. God that was still, a better one. God could still find a way to make use of her you know uh, but you know what's funny is that we're just getting into prophets like it's no big deal now like oh yeah so she's a prophet totally ignoring everything we learned in like numbers and deuteronomy about 
the test ra- the prophet and kill them. Yeah, the, and also the rarity of prophets, or that, uh, or that God speaks to prophets in like uh, riddles and bullshit. You know. Yeah. Very oh, no. bizarre, though, how we're cool with prophets now. Right? Um, and it's like Mormons and blacks. So you know, suddenly they're fine. <laughs> so how they no, work through their differences. Yeah. You know, we we haven't really mentioned how that came to be, but no, now we'll there's black Mormons. You know. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the children of Israel, uh, and I think specifically they're trying to describe that this was Naphtali and Zebulun. Who were Correct. sort of sold in like it, it, it's kind of, it's a, it's again one of those things where like it's like oh yeah God sold all the children of Israel but I don't think I think that's kind of a mistake in the translation that it, the, the implication as we read on is that it's really just two tribes and yeah. this is a sort of parallel timeline and really can't be considered one linear time where all of Israel gets subjugated every single time yeah it was like a like a micro uh, a micro emergency not so much. The entirety of Israel, possibly. So I bet you're right. a, a couple of tribes. Um, my interpretation is a couple of tribes get taken slaves as taken as slaves by Jabin, uh, yeah. who had nine hundred chariots of iron. Again, a ridiculous Dope. amount, but and he was a real cunt for twenty years. He <laughs> harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Yeah, uh, which is a long time. You know, think about it. 20 years? That yeah. would suck yeah, that to be under the boot of Jabin. I think it would be shit to be a slave for any period of time, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been See, at jobs where it was like, oh, I got to clock out. And they're like, yeah, make sure you clock out. And then as I'm leaving, they're like, make sure you clean that thing. I'm like, you want me to work for free for five fucking minutes? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm not doing that shit. Uh, 20 years would be a bit, a bit, a bit much. Yeah. Um, so Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. No real explanation of how she got that role. We'll just take it. I like it. Did they have to tell, whenever they t- introduce a male prophet, did they have to tell who he's a husband of? <laughs> That's true. Like, let's be clear. Deborah, a prophetess and a judge of Israel, wife of Lapidoth, more importantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a man who will never be mentioned again, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has no bearing on any part of this story. But he has a penis, so. Just, he's we'll just sitting in, in the there. corner holding his wife's purse. Um, <laughs> yeah, got him, dude. Yikes. Uh, anyway, so she just hangs out underneath a fucking tree all day long. That's how she does her judgment, which even kind of maybe a little slightly. These other judges were like stabbing people and fucking up. And yeah. they're like, and that's our judge of Israel, the lady one. Yeah, what did she do? Just hangs on her tree. She tells prophecies. That's badass, yeah. dude. She's got a case of she's the vapors. She's a witch. Sure. Um, so basically, God comes to her and is like, all right, uh, you're going to need to get this dude, Barack. Now, if this isn't evidence enough that our last president wasn't an American, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Obviously. Here, Middle Eastern. He was Middle Eastern, clearly. We stand by that. I don't care what all the evidence says. Yeah. We're, re- we're the birther movement, too. Right. So anyway. So she, we get Barack. Yeah. She gets Barack of Neptali. And is uh, of Obanom. Well, the son of Obanom from Kadesh in Naphtali. In, sure. Just don't. Dad is. You can't skip everything else. Whatever. And it's like, all this right, is, you. This is technically his birth certificate. So she takes Barak and is like, all right, listen, you got to get some fucking troops. You need 10,000 men and then get some dudes from Zebulun because that's basically this is your fucking problem. It's on your land. You guys got to yeah. deal with it. And you're going to go and fight Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army. Yeah, and God's going to sort of bring them into your hand. Um, so Deborah's a prophet. She speaks for God. She tells Barak, "Hey, God's going to give you these people if you'll just mount up an army to fight them." 
But even then, despite all that, Barack's like, listen, if you don't go, then I'm not fucking going. I'm not going to fucking risk all that. I'm a fucking coward. Obviously. No, he's thirsty, obviously. Oh. <laughs> She's obviously the wife of... Who's this guy again? This is... No, listen. You need, to, you need to pick up on this. This entire chapter is a chapter of thirst. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, well, like, I'll go, but I'm going to need you, you know, as my uh, personal uh, consultant. Yeah. Uh, it could get a little crazy out there, and I just want to. What if it gets sure. sweaty there, and I need a woman to wash off my balls? Well, let's roll back. Let's roll back the clock. Let's roll back the clock to fourteen hundred BC or so. Okay. Is it hot when a woman's a prophetess? To you, are you hot? Are you hot for that? Yeah. Power. Yeah. Power. Sex exactly. Fuck yeah. I rest my case. Okay. All right. So we're just assuming everyone's trying to fuck her. I, I feel like yes. you're reading a little between the lines there, but that's fine. Well. That's what we're here for. Are you here to just read the words? No. <laughs> we interpret. Okay. Right. You're welcome, okay. audience. So, uh, so uh, with your interpretation, Barack's a thirsty boy uh, yeah. just titting his fucking loincloth and is like, all right, but I need you to come with me or I'm not going to do it, you know. And if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go, he yeah. says. This, uh, I do a pretty good Obama impersonation. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> so, so it's all agreed. She's like, "Fuck it, I'll go." But I'm gonna go with you. But just understand, you've done fucked up. Uh, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you're just a little bitch that requires some woman's help." Like, I mean, I'll help you win the battle, but all the glory and all the fucking bad attitude you thought you were gonna rake in by winning an army. You know, by beating an army for in the name of God, it's kind of going to go to me. No, no, no. You misread that. How? So she says, okay, I'll go with you. But because you're having to take me along because of your your inherent thirst. Oh, my God. Beca- because of that, or fear, whatever you think it is, <laughs> because you won't go and just do what God told you, a woman is going to get all the honor for this. She doesn't say her. She says a woman. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a little bit now deeper than I thought. But now you see what happens, right? Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so, so to clarify, we'll we'll get to the spoiler that we're yeah. So don't say anything here. else. Yeah, yeah. Is that she's like, okay, listen, because I'm coming with you, the glory will go to a woman, not to you. Yeah. Which is oh no, uh, oh god, oh oh. You'll have to say thank you. The horrors. Uh, yeah. So they all sign up, and then uh, Judges four eleven talks about Heber, the Kenite, uh, who were descendants from Hobab, the father in law of Moses. Ugh. And these are some weird guys. They kind of are like their own deal, which is is that sort of what the indication? Because I mean, obviously, uh, all this is bullshit and allegory. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But if we recall from the story of Moses, um, the um, Children of his of Hobab, the the Kenites, were kind of their own separate deal. Like Moses, was like yeah, you you know you're not technically Jews, you know you guys aren't even circumcised, but will you come with us? They're yeah, like, they're like if this is if this book is Star Wars, and the Rebel Alliance are the Israelites, and the uh, and the what's the bad guys called? Canaanites are the Empire. Yeah, the Canaanites are the Empire. Jeez. The Kenites are the Ewoks. Uh, <laughs> all right, they're just they're just sort of a neutral party. So, yeah, but, they're just like wise little woodland creatures that can help you learn how to be a judge. That'll hook you up with some shit. You know, so helpful. The, the implication is that the Kenites are sort of this separate deal, uh, and they sort of uh, are allied somehow with Sisera. So okay. 
the Kenites uh, report to Sisera, hey, Barak has gone up to Mount Tabor. They're uh, marching together. Zebulun's coming for you. Uh, just heads up. Um, sure. So Sisera gathers all his chariots and he rushes down to meet them. Uh, and do we want to read 414? Um, hell yeah. Let me read it. Yeah, do it. So Deborah says to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down to Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Nice. He's going for it. Oh, for sure. Um, and then he wins. That's fi- I, you just said 14, so I didn't read 15 until he wins. <laughs> anyway, so so the story is Deborah's like, all right, you guys, we're going to fucking kick the shit out of them, and they destroy Sisera's entire army. Um, Hell yeah. Every single one. And, and smash them. Um, Every single person, with the single exception of Sisera himself, because this is basically a shitty B movie where just the villain gets away after they kill thousands of people. Yeah, there, there's some massive battle, and somehow everyone gets slaughtered except Cicero's just running away on foot like a coward. Yeah, probably God saved him for the prophecy, but uh, we'll continue. Sure. So Cicero flees away to the tent of Heber and finds his wife, Jail. Jail? Hail. Yeah, I think Jail. I don't know. J-A-E-L uh, is the wife of his ally, Heber. Um. And so he goes to he uh, he goes to Jail's like listen listen these guys are fucking hunting me I lost an entire fucking army, um, listen can you like save me can you cover me like cover me with a blanket and she's like okay and he's like All right, can I have a little bit of water drink I'm fucking thirsty I just ran from a whole army and she gives him milk which it, it's gonna come up later it becomes a big fucking deal I don't quite get the significance but he asks for water she gives him milk don't get it. Um, and he's like, all right, listen, I'm going to, if people are coming look for me, you just tell them fucking nobody's here. You haven't seen me. Here's the bowl of milk back. I'm going to hide underneath this fucking blanket and I'm going to go to sleep, which is what you do when you're being chased by a bunch of Israelites. You just take a sweet, you, you have a little well, milk break it. and you take a nap. Well, yeah, he just ran all the way from this battle, right? He was in a in a full on battle, old school battle, had to abandon his chariot and flee on foot. He probably ran, what, 50, 70 miles on, you know, full speed at a sprint. And so he right. got some milk and he needs a nap. I guess I get it. Okay, so Cicero, according to Cicero, according to himself, he's in the house of his ally. He's just had a nice bowl of warm milk. He's underneath the blanket. He's yeah. got a little pillow fork like going on. a little on. kitty cat. He goes and he's like, all right, you know, I'm just going to take a fucking nap here. Hell yeah. Uh, and just so I don't fuck it up here, uh, I'm going to read from the actual Bible here. Uh, Judges 4.21 then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Nice. Which is fucking she, badass. She, yeah, she straight up pegged him <laughs> right into the ground. I don't know how I didn't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she pegged uh, him good and deep. Um, funnily enough... What's funny here is that that's exactly how uh, the young woman Billy Joel Billy Joe Jenkins died in England in the 90, 80s or nineties, I think. Okay. Unsolved mystery. Someone put a tent peg right through her head. I'm gonna look that up. What are we talking about? <laughs> are you talking no, about? some kid. It was some girl, and then someone just came and put a tent peg in her head. Uh, Billy Joel from the Michael Jackson song. Yeah. Is that what it's about? No. 
Billy Joe Jenkins got killed that way way back in the day. All right, let's not spend too much time on it, but Billy. Why Jen- not? <laughs> Billy Joe Jenkins was an English girl who was murdered in Hastings. Suffering. Oh, yeah, all right. Remains unsolved. Yeah. I wonder if uh, any uh, Israelites were in there. It was obviously a Christian. Or an Israelite. No, because Jail wasn't an Israelite. She was a Kenite. She had been battered over the head with an iron tent peg while painting the patio doors alone. I don't really... It's bad enough that she had to do chores, and then she had to get murdered, too. We're spending a lot of time talking about an unsolved murder from 97, <laughs> but... Yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, right. so th- they got her just how they got Billy Joe. They got him. So, right. uh, so, okay. so, so just like the Cicero. 13-year-old girl from Sussex, England, murdered with a fucking tent peg. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm glad we had that connection to modern-day life. Um, so anyway, so she... Murders him to death with a skull fucking with a tent peg. Very cool. Yeah. And Barack shows up and is like, hey, have you seen this guy coming around? And she's like, oh, yeah, you mean this guy? And she, like, shows a fucking corpse with a fucking tent peg sticking out of his skull. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> so that's a uh, good work, I guess. Imagine being Barack and you're like, okay, <laughs> that stupid prophetess, who at this point he has definitely banged and is, like, over her already, I'm sure. Right. And he's like, that stupid prophetess. Thought a woman was going to take this from me. He's like, but I tracked him down. I followed his footprints all the way to this tent. I'm going to go in here and kill him. And a woman answers, and then a woman shows you that she already has hath stolen your glory. Yeah, it's a very Here's, it's a very feminist positive story. A lot of strong female characters. Yeah, I mean, honestly though, yeah, I mean, physically yes. strong. I mean, fucking driving a tent. Bro- yeah, I couldn't do that. I'd I, be too squeamish, even if I was strong enough. I'd be I'm worried not. I was going to hit my thumb. Oh, yeah. That would be fucking the worst. I wonder what kind of tent you could point. <laughs> you might hit your thumb. Anyway, so uh, so the, uh, so the on that day, God subdue, subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. This book is written like shit. Yeah, I like that they subdued... Like, they had the big battle, and then they just yada, yada, yada over taking out the rest of the entire kingdom. Yeah. Like, so Barack kills a whole fucking army. One guy gets away, and a woman sneak attacks him in his sleep, and she gets all the glory? And then, yeah, I don't know. He could have just killed her in that tent, too. And then off camera, the king is destroyed. All right. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, there's a lot of details that are missing from Judges 4 that I guess... So Judges 5 is the Song of Deborah. Which I guess sort of adds more context and clarity to the original story. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, what parts? Uh, what parts? Yeah, I mean, it basically. So what's funny is that you know we complained about Sham. I complained about Shamgar being like brushed over in the beginning, but then you get into the song, a few verses into the song, and it's like, oh, in the days of Shamgar. So apparently Shamgar was out and about, like yeah, being the judge. He was the chief. Um, which is weird that he doesn't come into play in this story of war, you know? Yeah, I mean, he killed 600 guys with a, a sharpened stick. But yeah, why didn't they just have him show up? Yeah, why didn't he be the fucking guy with the, the stick guy? Um, I don't know. But let, let, let's hit some of the key points. So Judges 5 is the Song of Deborah. So as they stand over this guy who's had a fucking piece of metal jammed into his skull, um, Deborah and Barak, the son of Barak, sang on that day, saying... You know, when the leaders live, I'm not even going to read this shit. I'm not, I don't want to read it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the weird, let's point out first, uh, the first verse is that uh, on the same day that, um, 
on that day. So the day that they did all this battle and shit. That night, I'm guessing, they get back to their tents. And Deborah and Barack, Barack both sing this song together. Which, I mean, who, when did they have time to write a song? Or did they just... Are they just that? Are they in just sync jamming now? as the jazz of like they just like all right, let's sing this song, and then I, I imagine yeah. it's Deborah leading, and it's Barack just kind of like oh yeah, and then oh the kings, you know, it's like whenever you like him a like him a verse in church that you don't know to a song, you know, yeah, yeah, you just say yeah. God and Lord every other word, you pretty much got it. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, but there's, I mean, they tell the whole story here, so that's the interesting part. Yeah, so it's a song that basically repeats the story. Hey, we were subjugated, we were turned to slaves, and the days of Shamgar, the days of Zhao, you know, we were just so oppressed and on the highways, we're just getting our asses kicked all day long, and then here came Deborah to save everybody. Yeah, really and cool. Told and then the Lord woke up Barak, it says. Yeah. Uh, the They got all the people together from, um, different, from different tribes. It mentions basically all the tribes. Really cool. Uh, there's, there's some interesting uh, bits as well. So one of the things that's mentioned in this verse, or this chapter, yeah, this chapter, uh, that's not mentioned in 4, is that part of the reason that Barak was able to defeat the enemies of Sisera, Sisera and those guys, is that they were fighting on chariots, and apparently the river Kishon made the ground all fucking muddy and shit, and caught them in the river, and then they got swept away. Does that does that scan? That's what my concordance is saying, and there and it, it's linking it to Judges five, nineteen twenty and twenty one. You know about how the the torrent of Kishon and um the, you know swept him along and shit like that. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I mean, it got him. I guess my point is is that it's trying to sort of tie it into like oh, and then God delivered them physically. Yeah, how by how it wasn't just them fighting. These fucking idiots weren't expecting mud. Yeah. Um, and then it's talking about, and then again, back to Jael, you know, uh, most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. He asked for water. She gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet, he sank. He fell. He lay still. You know, where he sank, there he fell dead. Wait, I want to read it in mine, because it is so much of a mouthful. Okay. At her feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell, where he sank, there he fell, dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like it's I like was there. The scene <laughs> when, it's like a scene when someone dies slowly, and like it's pitching. Yeah, it just <laughs> keeps, words. It's just three different camera angles of him falling. So, Got it. so do, you, do you think that the, uh, the milk thing is because she wanted him to feel more at ease? Because it sounds like it was fancy as shit. It definitely... Is fancier. If I if I came to a guy's house and I was like, "Hey man, can I get some water?" and they're like, "Here's a glass of champagne," I'd be like, "Hmm." <laughs> you're like, "I'm dying of heat stroke. <laughs> I need water." And they're like, "Have milk." <laughs> you're like, like, "You're you're a good friend." But uh, you know, uh, I guess I guess the whole point is that it is sort of highlighting that it is a deceptive fucking move. And we've seen this before. I don't want to dog whistle too hard, but again, a lot of sneak havery. She's a Kenite. <laughs> Anyway, um, so she's like, oh, nice yeah, try. she's like, he's like, he's like, do you have any water? She's like, have some milk. He's like, ooh, is this cinnamon? She's like, I heated it up in the microwave. He's like, oh, that's luxurious. And you just see her <laughs> hand kind of gently reach over for a giant piece of metal spike. And he's like, oh, what the fuck's that about? But I'm going to take a nap. 
This fucking Coco's doing me in, bro. Um, he was a great villain, but a horrible idiot. <laughs> I just, there's like, oh, yeah, these fucking marshmallows? She's like, yeah, yeah, I just hear a like, fucking hammer cock back at a revolver. You're like, yeah, it's great. Well, he wouldn't know what that was. Yeah. Anyway, um, the next, I'm just saying, the this next was part is guns. fun. Uh, uh, Judges 5, 28 through 30... It's kind yeah. of them dabbing on Cicero's mom, not you know, not one to uh, not one to let things go lightly. Uh, it tells the story of Cicero's mother, who's looking out the window, being like, "Ooh, I wonder where Cicero is. He went to war with all those filthy Jews. I'm sure he's fine, but he's taking a long time getting back. I wonder what he's up to." Uh, do you think that it was a they were taking a shot at him that like it wasn't his wife she didn't give a fuck like only his mom gave a shit yeah. that he was missing you know like yeah his mom's sitting there just like so yeah there's an actual verses where she's like I wonder why he's taking so long coming home I wonder what's what's going on and her wisest ladies answered her you know he's probably divvying up the loot he probably, he's probably it's he's probably raping women that's what they say yeah judges 530 are they not finding and dividing the spoil to every man a girl or two <laughs> for Cicero plunder of dyed garments two pieces of dyed embroidery for the yeah I don't know the rest, the rest of the shit about him like how much he loves garments so I'm I'm concerned that it might not be a girl or two um not this fella but <laughs> <laughs> That's why his mom's the only one. Yeah, his mom's the one that's confused. Be like, he's probably just getting all those ladies. That's probably why Cicero is such a good fighter, is that it's just to keep his mom from asking about why there's no grandkids. You know one of the servants like smirks when she says that? <laughs> he's, he's probably, probably a, He's a real ladies' man with his shaved <laughs> chest. And you're like, what? <laughs> and his eyeliner? His name is also... His name, while very uh, like scary and severe sounding, a little feminine. Yeah. We'll give him that. Where's my sissy poo? And like, the guards are like, yeah, I bet I know. Hey, but he was a badass, right? Until he wasn't anymore. Yeah, yeah. Until he and so until he took his milk so the, nap. Yeah, <laughs> mother's milk. Uh, so yeah, they wrap it all up uh, with all right. So uh, may all your enemies perish, Lord. You know, but uh, may those who may those who love you be like the sun. I don't know why. I guess sun sun hot. Is, the sun is pretty cool. I think that's an objective statement. It's actually pretty hot. So Judges five, <laughs> 6, uh, yeah. so the land had rest for 40 years. Dope. Um, and then guess what? What happens in Judges 6? First line. So then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> God damn it. So the Lord we sells can't... them to the hand, to the Midianites for seven years. Typical Israelites. So yeah, it's been seven years, right? They're in control of the the Midianites. But it's not just that they... It's not that they were just regular conquered. It says the Midianites were everywhere. When the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Eastern people invaded their country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and didn't spare a thing for the Israelites, right? They're just taking over. It's just a swarm of illegals pouring in through the borders, Mm -hmm. taking up all the space for the good Israelite people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, just just eating all their food, taking all their res- uh, resources, taking prob- their jobs, probably using up all their education and healthcare yeah. somehow on welfare. Sure, flooding the cities with crime. Exactly. Just yeah. I, there's not enough parentheses that I can put around these people. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So anyway, um, but the, the, yeah, that the, the the statement is is that the next oppression that happens on them, just back to back to back, you know, God's just like another one. Um, 
Well, they asked for it. Yeah, yeah, they were asking for it. So in this instance, it's more of a total war of attrition. The Midianites are everywhere. They're burning their fields. They're eating all their food. They're just stabbing whoever they can catch. So the children of Israel made for themselves dens in caves inside the mountains and basically became... Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure if it scans, but do you know what a dwarf is, like in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So they're kind of, you know, like dwarves are kind of like these... Uh, Mountain folk that live in the mountains and they kind of hoard gold. Yeah, explain to everyone what a dwarf is. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they go up in the mountains um, and they're basically just living there and they have to like eat in secret and just kind of generally just being attacked by these Midianite people. Yeah, but then they dug too deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, that's not the next part. The next part <laughs> is so then the Israelites cry out, which they so often do, and which. From experience, God is pretty good to listen to for all his faults, and there are lots of those. He does listen when they cry. But it's almost like that's what he gets off to. I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, like, how could he not be? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sell these people into slavery. And then he's just sitting there by the phone waiting for them to call for help. You know, it's like he's like he's like he's like he's like the guy that, like, puts sugar in the gas tank. And he's just sitting yeah. there by the phone waiting for like, oh, you need a you need a ride? Oh, nice. I thought you were too good for me. Now you need a fucking pickup? Like, yeah, my car exploded. You're like, yeah. That's really now scary, you come actually. Crawling back. That sounds horrifying. Uh so <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's about like that. So basically they, he hears their cry, he sends them a prophet, and the prophet says, All right, so God wants to remind you that he brought you out of Egypt once again. Let's keep let's keep talking about that one. Fucking yeah. guy at the Whataburger with his varsity jacket on. Jesus. <laughs> He's like, by the way, I'm the guy that saved you from Egypt out of the house of bondage. Like, yeah, but I, I'm always going to come back to this. Like, the story of Moses is fucking shit. Um, you know, him bringing them out of Egypt, you know, by the power of his hand. He that That's all fucked up. He forced Pharaoh's hand. It's all bullshit. I, I don't yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. A, He brought them there to begin with and knew what was going to happen. Brought them into Egypt, made their lives shit, and then yep. made Pharaoh not want to give them up. It's whatever. But... He just keeps bringing it up. Indeed. And so what God does next is, after he does this little uh, glory spiel to them, is he sends down his angel to a certain oak tree in Ophrah belonging to Joash the Abirzerite. Right? Abirzerite, yeah. And uh, to a young man named Gideon who's threshing wheat in a wine press. I really like this, the, the imagery of this. Like, you can feel... The camera descending down from the sky like a drone, some drone footage going down to this one kid just threshing out some wheat. Which what is that? Is that where you beat the shit out of it uh, to, to get the like good part out of it? The wheat. I think you thresh wheat to separate the chaff yeah. from the to, grain or from whatever. The grain, yeah. Uh, cool. But the important thing is that he's doing it in a wine press because he doesn't want the Midianites to find out that he's got food. Yeah, what a little bitch. And I, I, I really do like the story of Gideon. So basically the angel of the Lord comes down just a plumb. Hey, what's up, dude? What, what's up? Yeah. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Okay. And Gideon's sitting there making wheat in a goddamn wine press because he's so afraid of people knowing he has wheat. Is <laughs> like, are you fucking high? Like, are you, this is the shit right now. Like, He's like, yeah, man, how's, how's things going? You can see it. I'm fucking broke. It's just like if some... Uh, I'm on a I'm on a class field trip, and some weird homeless guy comes in and opens the porta potty I'm hiding in, eating my lunchable, so the other kids won't take it. Right, and he's like, "Hey, you're you're a tough guy." Yes. I'm like, I'm like, well, I guess. How's it going, bro? <laughs> but like, I'm sitting here in shit, eating day old salami, eating pizza lunchables. Like, you know, if the bigger kids so, see me, they'll push me in the sand. You know? 
what's funny is that Gideon is kind of sarcastic, and he's like, uh, "Pardon me, sir, but uh, if the Lord, so that the angel comes down, you know, God is with you, mighty warrior." And Gideon's like, "Well, if the uh, if God's with us, then what the fuck's going on around here?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, a cool guy. He's like, "Hey, what's up, dude? You see that the Lord is now with you?" And he looks over. There's just burning fields and the the pile of raped women. He's like, "Yeah." Uh, Oh, and so geez, then the angel sweet. is... It's going pretty good, The angel's bro. like a... <laughs> Can't complain. The angel turns to me, he's like, look, um, go in strength. It's time for you to save the Israelites out of Midian's hand. Uh, and and so then Gideon's like, uh, pardon me once more, sir, but uh, I'm I'm like a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm literally I'm the, the weakest man in the weakest <laughs> clan in the weakest fucking tribe. Like... <laughs> I'm struggling with uh, which the is wheat. Manasseh. <laughs> I'm the wheat boy. That's all they trust me to do. I make wheat in secret. That's how pathetic I am. He's like, no, no, don't worry. You're gonna save fucking everybody. He's like, all right, fucking. And so Gideon, being a little skeptical, which again I appreciate, right? All these other douchebags just do what they're told. Gideon's like, no, no, no. So God, Gideon says to this angel that he does not know is an angel. Of course, it's just a dude. He says, all right, well. All right, if this is all real, I'm going to need you to show me a sign. I'm going to go get an offering to God and bring it back here. You don't move. And the angel's like, fine, fine, I'll wait. So he goes out. Um, he gets an ephah of flour. He makes some bread. He prepares a young goat like you do, um, which I wonder if anyone was like, what are you, why are you taking a goat? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the minute I was like, is that guy about to eat that goat? And like, see where he, he goes. See if he heads back to that wine press. <laughs> He's going to fuck that goat. But, uh, they're all like, yeah, they're high five, and they're like, yeah, he's becoming a man. Yeah. Uh, so he takes the goat in there, preps it up, puts it on a rock, and the angel goes, bazam! And it like all burns up. Yeah, he, uh, the, the, the angel creates a fire around the rock, and it consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Uh, it's an interesting story thus far. We're not done yet, but it's an interesting story thus far that Gideon is sort of allowed to test God and is like, you know what? If you're so fucking hot right now, you're telling me that God's with me and I'm going to be, I'm going to save all of Israel. All right, I got a couple of tests for you to solve. Like you're the guy fucking making wheat in a wine press. I'm the guy, I'm the magic fucking angel. I don't answer to you, you little bitch, but Gideon yeah, but, apparently but he has to, because to, let's know. face it. Why would Gideon believe him? Um, it makes sense. It's like one of the most sensible things that's happened. Like, that's what I would do. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be an example of him lacking faith? Some guy says, hey, God wants you to go risk your life in a war. And he's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to use my judgment and my critical thinking skills. Like, that's, I feel like you got to stomp that shit out. You're right, I think. But what I also think, and this is where I'm going to pull from Kugel a little bit, is he points out a lot of things here that are kind of funny. And that's that, A, he isn't very trusting, right? He's not pious at all, um, you might say. He's also... A fucking weakling. He's a little shriveled ass shrimp hiding in the wine press threshing wheat. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this is kind of God showing I can use anybody. That's the message that they're kind I of see. probably going for. Okay. So that's what judges are about is that they're not necessarily, you know, the big ass strong dude who's popular and total jock bro. Right. You're not going to get him. It's not a fucking Chad. Sometimes he'll take yeah. some incel weirdo. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, man. Sometimes okay. he'll take not some making, Elliot anyways. Rogers character. And <laughs> I decided not to make that joke. <laughs> make an example out of them. Okay, uh, great, great, great. Let's keep going. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so he gets the nerd. Uh, this is classic 80s movie, by the way, right? Yeah. 
And, uh, and so Gideon's like, all right, shit, okay. So uh, Gideon is all pumped that he saw this magic fire consume a goat. And uh, he falls down. He's like, oh, fuck, okay, I'm in, I'm in the face of God. I believe you now. I don't need any more fucking tests to be done. I'm good. And um, yeah. God says, okay, listen, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon builds an altar called the Lord is Peace, which is a fuck. I mean, I don't know. Like ministry it's of badass. truth type shit here. Yeah, yeah it's badass. Shut up. <laughs> Which, by the way, stands to this day. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously. Um, and we, we get into a fun story. So God's like, okay, now we're on the same fucking page. We're a fucking team. I got a little bit of a task for you. Your dad and this whole city really are kind of pieces of shit, and you worship Baal. I need you to yeah. take one of your father's bulls and tear down Can the- we say Baal? I think it's Bale. Bale. Bale? Yeah, because we're going to be saying it a lot. Okay. I think I've always heard Bale in church. So we've talked Sorry. about it a bit. Uh, he's mentioned a lot in the Bible thus far, and it's going to get way more mentioned really now. Interesting. Um, so Bale. Um, yeah. So Bale is this Canaanite god that uh, these uh, buyers' rights are worshiping. Yeah. So he tells Gideon, "Okay, go into the town, tear down the altar of Baal." And the wooden images, which we've talked, that's Asherah, Asherah, yeah, the uh, yeah, we don't really know the what it is, but it's fertility something. goddess that lives in trees or whatever that may yeah, or may not represent dope. the wife of God. But anyway, he's like, listen, go cut down those wooden images. I fucking hate those wooden images, and tear down the altar of Baal, and build Thank a you. new altar, sort of to the Lord your God. It's kind of like that yeah. scene I think from I think it was Superman four. Where like reverse Superman sure. is like taking out the fucking flag on the moon, and like Superman's just getting punched in the face. He's like, "I still gotta get this flag up," you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what Superman is to me is what Lord of the Rings is to you. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, <laughs> but the the point is that it's kind of cool because God says, and then you're gonna have a, a a bull, and you're gonna use the wood from that Asherah pole to burn the bull up. It's going to be badass. All kinds of imagery here, right? Yeah. Like yeah. out with the old, in with the new God. He's the good God. You're literally Word taking up. their altar and using it as fucking kindling to make a sacrifice yeah. to the big bad. Fuck bail, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. So Gideon, a brave man, takes a, 10 of his servants and does this uh, fucking domestic terroristic act to the city's idol. I mean, and, I would call it And because light. he feared his father's house uh, and the men of the city, uh, he did it by night. So Gideon's still kind of a, I like Gideon. He's a little funny little dude. Yeah, he's like he's, oh, he's like God's on my side. I've seen the miracles, but let's wait till dark. Like that's not. I don't want to fucking. Yeah, yeah. That's when she's like, "I'm on the pill," and you're like, "I'm still wearing a condom." Yeah, I'm still. Gonna I don't trust you. Pull out. Just, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out and wear a condom. I'm not even gonna have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he does it at night, burns it down. Everyone wakes up, sees the dis- the destruction, and they're like, "Who did this?" The Literally, f- that's what it says in the Bible. Yeah. They say, "Who did this?" Um, and then someone immediately says, yeah, it was Gideon, son of Joash. Yeah, I, I guess doing, doing it, it at night. Yeah, you didn't say anything? He's like, no. <laughs> you didn't You didn't but, say anything when a guy tore down our altars, <laughs> built a new altar, lit a fire, and burnt meat. He's like, I, just, I don't know. I, I was, forgot to do something. I thought it was some kind of new public works thing. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they go to Joash, and they're like, hey, get out your kid. We're going to kick his ass. He burned down the bail thing. And Joash, who... At this point, I assumed would be with the people because it was his stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, Joash is like, wait, are you really going to be on Bale's side here? He's like, are you trying to save Bale? 
You want to go after my son? If Baal's such a big bad god, why doesn't he kill Gideon himself? You know, which is a, it's a good point. Statement. You can tell where Gideon got his little his snarkiness. I feel like Daddy. that's something that really like uh, when anytime there's ever been like Christian persecution, we're like, we gotta hang these gay guys. I'd be like, hey, if God's so fucking big and bad, where is he? Let him strike him with lightning. Let's do it real school. Yeah. Like, who are we to just make calls for bail? But I also just love the kind of pseudo hypocrisy of it. They're like, all right, this guy knocked down our fucking altar. Let's kill him. And he's just like, why doesn't God, why doesn't your God himself do it? Like, well, your God himself also didn't do it. Yeah. Like we're just, we're, we're literally killing the messenger. It's fun though. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. So it says at this point, um, Gideon got a new nickname, which was, uh, Jeru Bail which means let Baal contend with him, which Baal didn't because he's a bitch-ass god. Yeah, he did not show up. Oddly enough, this god did not show up. So weird. Yeah, so weird. It's like whenever I used to go in the bathroom and you say Bloody Mary in the mirror, right. and that she never came. <laughs> um, now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples join forces together. I don't get this because I feel like they're already in Israel. Like, why do they got to make an army? You know? I guess, I don't know. But uh, so the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Uh, yeah, crossed the Jordan for the record. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but the Lord gets with Gideon and he blows his trumpet and the Abizrites gathered before him. And basically they sent out messengers to Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali to like show up with him. All the homies. Like, let's prepare for a good old-fashioned gang war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going down for sure. Now things are set in motion. And uh, um, the, the rest of the story is fucking weird. So uh, the story of Gibeon thus far, God comes down to him, talks to him. He's like, all right, let me test you, bitch. You better fucking eat some meat. And God's like, all right, cool. And he's like, all right, now, you, now, we're, now we're on the same page. I need you to destroy an altar. And Gibeon's like, okay, I'll do that for you. As long as I can bring like ten friends and I can do it at night, is that still abide by all your rules? And I'm like, yeah, hey, you got it. He technically did it, but Gideon <laughs> is still doubting. Is the problem? So okay, he's like, sure, I burnt down the altar. Now you want me to go to war, little baby boy, wheat thresher, me? Yeah. You want me to go lead an army against this fucking enormous force? So he's like, all right, God, I got a deal for you. I, if you want me to lead the Israelites, I'm gonna take this piece of wool. And I'm going to put it on the threshing floor. So I'm assuming in the wine cooler or whatever guess, the fuck this yeah. place was. He's like, I'm going to put it on the threshing floor, makeshift threshing floor. When I wake up, if there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground around it's dry, then I'll know that you're real, that you want me to do this. I just got to make sure. Right. And so he wakes up early the next day, runs out, squeezes the wool, sure enough, full of water. Ground is perfectly dry. A whole bowl full of water. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole bunch of bowl. And then the next night, Gibeon's like, all right, listen, God, I know I'm already kind of like probably probably getting on your nerves, but listen, don't be angry. I just have (laughs) one more test. I saw that you did the whole fleece wet ground dry. Can we do the opposite? Can we do ground wet fleece dry? And God's like, yeah, I've got, I don't care. I love games. I love fucking, no one ever, I love it when people This is a new God. Yeah. New God. Hey, I like to play in the little, he's like a carnival burger. You know, normally I would light you on fire, but I like the fucking, (laughs) I like your face. So I'm going to, I'm going to. He's like, I burned countless of your predecessors to death, but fine, let's do this. I like to play games with you, Gibeon. Gideon, shit. Uh, Whatever. 
So anyway, so yeah, sure enough, he wakes up the next morning. Fuck, the fleece is dry as a bone, but the ground is sopping, gushy wet. Oh boy. And We're gonna end on a cliffhanger here. Yeah, that's it. So the, so 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 at the end of Judges six. Gideon has like had his little fleece trick, you know, he's like, okay, yeah, I guess we're all good to go. I guess we'll go to war like World War Zero, I guess. Yeah, World War negative something. Because yeah. there's gonna be a lot so of So we've got so 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 Judges Six ends with Gideon being like, All right, let's do this. And he has Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali against the armies of Canaan and the Midianites. Hell. Yeah, I think that's what we'll end on this episode. Yeah, I'm pumped. I so, think that this is a good hanging out spot because it's gonna get, it's gonna get warlike in this bitch. Yeah, Gideon, uh, we'll, we'll Gideon has a lot more chapters. Yeah, he does. He sticks around. So next week will probably be straight up Gideon week, which will be fun. Um, um what's the? I feel like more so than other episodes we've done. I feel like there's a lot more that can be sort of inferred or like. I don't know, kind of like bullshit lemons that can be turned into lemonade. Like, what is what is the point of these stories? Like, how how does this affect Judaism and then Christianity as a, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I talked about, <laughs> I talked about kind of how like Cool uh, was po- pointing out that it's showing that God will pick anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird because you also have Gideon here doubting God and not going along with things right whereas earlier pretty much everyone was like oh god said it bada boom bada bing i'm gonna i'm on it you know joshua was just follow 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 um which makes him more of a realistic character to me which is probably why we like him yeah um, he, he's more relatable i mean barack doubted god he was like i'll go if sure. you go you know and and there's been yeah. i mean we no have- that wasn't that was no doubt dude <laughs> sure. just fucking follow that dick around uh, it does seem like we've got a couple of a, a consistent theme that the Israelites are not particularly uh, faithful or trustworthy of God. And I mean, I know we kind of at the end of um, Joshua, it was kind of like, oh, and by the way, everyone forgot all the stories of Joshua because Joshua never questioned God ever. Uh, I mean, even Moses. Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing a gentler God here. Maybe that's. Maybe uh, things are becoming a little more civilized with whoever was writing this, and they're trying to make God someone that's like, hey, I feel you know, like, like a finger gun God. Like he's like, I feel like it's like when you're that? playing video games, and then like your five year old like is like playing around and accidentally steps on your controller and like makes you fire when you weren't expecting to, and then they get shielded, and you just fucking hit him. And then yeah. for like a week later, you're like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Do you like the park? Can I get you some ice cream? You know, you just yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like it's more like a reactionary but i just don't trust god so i don't know Maybe. i don't i don't think it, i mean he has no reason Does it get to get better so would, going on in that scenario yeah. you have to be nice to the kid in case cps shows up right. and you want them to say nice things about you like, so it doesn't really doesn't really work like, like why does that five god have doesn't a, have why does that five-year-old have a black eye i mean like, you mean that five-year-old with a brand new ipod touch like what are you <laughs> <laughs> but god doesn't have cps he can abuse them all he wants so it's just nice yeah. he's just being nice it's a fun time uh yeah, I mean, so Gideon kind of gets to fuck on God a little bit. It's fun. Uh, I I haven't really read ahead. I I know that like when I'm looking through the Bible, the uh, the next couple of chapters have Gideon's name in it, so I'm assuming that he's part of it. But sweet, it's gonna be fun. He's gonna be around. Gideon has one of the cooler battles. Uh, huh. I'll, I'll tease you with that. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun real for real. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I. Well, 
beyond that, did Kugel really have anything else? Is there anything really more to talk no, about? No, not here. Um, I'll probably have some more next week. I've been been dipping into it. So um, there's definitely stuff in Judges that he talks about. So I will be sure to be well-read and ready to talk about some, some more nuance and scholarly bullshit. So we'll do that. Perfect. That's what people come here for. They come here to they learn do. about the Bible. They do. And we, te- you know, we do it in and out every day. Almost. And we're the best Lots of days, at least. Yeah. And 50 episodes deep. Not a fucking single Sunday missed, mind you. We're the best. Hopefully I didn't just jinx us. Hopefully we still release this sometime. Yeah, you better not fuck us up. But anyway. <laughs> uh, what's our Twitter handle? Oh, yeah. If you want to, you can follow us on Twitter, at Revelations. No one does. You could be one of our few followers. We're really engaging with you if you do. Right. And, and if you want to email us, that's going to be... Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Really easy to remember. Uh, you got anything for the for the people out there in Podians land? I just hope that everyone out there has the same kind of Antonio Brown confidence it takes to make it in today's society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, hey, go Patriots. <laughs> <laughs>